Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community practicing the way of Jesus and thirsting for the life he gives. So we've been doing a sermon series on songs and scripture around the Christmas story. And the last few Sundays, we have looked at Hannah's song. We looked at Mary's song, the Magnificat. We looked at Zechariah's song. And today, we're going to look at another song from the Gospel of Luke called the Angel's Song. And this song that we're going to look at today differs from the previous songs so far. It's, it's, it's shorter than Mary's song. It's, it's more direct than Hannah's song. It's more easy to memorize than Zechariah's song because it's only one sentence long. This song is short. It's easy. It's simple to sing. Whenever I sing Christmas songs, I, I'm, I'm amazed because I think I should know them by now. I sing them every year, right? I hear them when I'm in stores. I hear them in my car. I hear them in my house playing. And yet this morning, if I did not have the projection screen, I would have mumble-sing half of those words, right? Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn. <laughs> until, until I know the words and then belt those out. But the angels didn't need to project the lyrics for this song. It's easy. It's short. It was easy to sing. Uh, I heard a pastor from Queens, New York that I listen to often. His name's Rich Velotis, and he said this about the angels' song. It's an easy song to sing, but a difficult song to live out. It's easy because it's a song that was crafted and designed to be sung again and again and again. It's a song meant to spread far and wide for everyone who's heard it and and learned it and listened to it. But it's difficult to live out because this song we're going to look at today is not just a declaration, it's also an invitation. And so I'm going to invite Peter and, and Kelly Mormon to come up and read our text for us this morning. The song we're going to look at is in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. And we're going to read verses 1 through 18. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, every one to his own city. Joseph also went from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, and into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. 
and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of a heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at the things which were told them by the shepherds. So what we see in the passage we just read is, is the very first people that God teaches this song to are a small group of shepherds. And it'd be easy to, to overlook this fact, but, but I find it noteworthy because shepherding in, during this time was one of the poorer occupations of the day. Right? Shepherds back then would be, we would, we would refer to them today as, as the working poor, right? blue-collar, hard-working folks who, who aren't afraid to get their hands dirty, who work tirelessly day and night to, to pay their bills and to put food on the table, oftentimes overlooked and undervalued by society. That's what the shepherds were in this time. And we're told that this angelic visitation happens in the dark of night, while the shepherds are out tending to their flock. And I can imagine that each night as the, as the shepherds laid down underneath the stars, that they were reminded of their economic position. Right? That, that no matter how many hours they worked, no matter how hard they worked, they would barely get by. That they were on the bottom rung of the socioeconomic ladder. And yet God gifts them with something spectacular. He gifts them with the greatest show ever played, right? A choir of angels come. And what's amazing to me about this is that the social elites and the politicians weren't the first to hear this song. God didn't send these angels to the religious leaders in the temple. No, he, he first had the angels sing this song to a small group of shepherds. And I love that about God. I love that God... Um, sees the unseen, that he, he goes to this small group of shepherds to reveal himself and his redemptive plan to this group, this small group of people who, who nobody cares about or gives much attention to. It, it's almost as if God was saying to these shepherds, everyone else might overlook you. You might be un unseen and undervalued by others, but I see you. And that's good news for you and I, Right? That's good news for you and I today. So if you're, if you're feeling unseen or neglected this Christmas, know this, that God sees you. He sees you. And here's the, the song the angels sing. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. And, and it's important to, to notice that the angels aren't just singing this song. They're also teaching it. See, this song, this song is simple and easy for a reason because because when the angels sang this song, they weren't to be the only heralds. The angels are preparing the shepherds to also be heralds, to spread this message far and wide. And so this song then can be broken down in, into two bits, two phrases. 
And, and it's this, glory to God and peace on earth. Let me say that again. Glory to God and peace on earth. And the word glory means weight or something of substance. It means fullness, significance. It means heavy. And whenever we experience something transcendent, we take notice, don't we? Whether it's a a breathtaking view or a piece of art or a film that inspires us. When, when, When we witness an athletic accomplishment or we see uh, an engineering or architectural achievement, we take notice of it. When we see a performer or we hear a song that, that, is, that is spectacular, we, what do we say? We say, that was amazing. And we attribute glory to those things that, that are special, that have meaning, that have substance, that have weight, that stand apart. And, and when we're not experiencing glory, when we're not Uh, recognizing glory, it's usually because we become overly fixated and preoccupied with ourselves, right? We can't recognize the glorious thing because we're so fixated on us. Benjamin Franklin once said that a person wrapped up in themselves makes for a very small package. (laughs) And we know that to be true, that when when we're self-absorbed, we are unable to recognize glory. And, and it's no coincidence that the angels' song, their opening lyric to their song is a declaration of God's glory. Because the angels know that when we, we fix our gaze on God instead of ourselves, it helps us to see things more clearly. We get the rest of the song right. That God's peace becomes our reality. It helps us experience God's peace in our lives when we give glory to God. And and the peace of God doesn't come to us when we're obsessed with ourselves or preoccupied with ourselves or when we're curved in on ourselves. It comes when we're able to take our eyes off of ourselves and ascribe glory. Another observation about the second phrase of the song, peace on earth, is that when the angels sing this lyric about peace, They're proclaiming two things about God's peace at the same time. They're they're communicating two separate ideas about God's peace all at once. And and the first thing they're declaring about God's peace is, is that through Christ, through Jesus, the Messiah, God is going to fully set the world to right again. We sang it in one of our carols this morning. He's gonna gonna set the world to right again. That, That through the work of Christ, Sin and death are going to be finally defeated once and for all. That God's peace and shalom will rule the cosmos and all of creation once again. And while that day is far out, and the the angel's song is pointing that, they're also declaring another truth about God's peace that is equally powerful. And, And it's this. God's peace can coexist with pain. Let me say that again. God's peace can coexist with pain. See, we, we often think that, that peace is the absence or elimination of pain. We say things like this, oh, I can't wait for this painful season to be over so I can finally get some peace. But God's peace is, is able to coexist with our pain. It, it transcends our circumstances. I want you to consider 
something with me for a moment this morning. The angels in this song are announcing glory to God, peace on earth. Yet if you keep reading your Bible just a couple chapters later, what you find is this jealous king by the name of King Herod who's so threatened by this announcement of a Messiah coming that he makes a decree to kill every male child under two years of age. How is that peace on earth? Did the angels get the song wrong? <laughs> Did they bring the wrong sheet music that day? And they said, well, this is the one we rehearsed. We've got to sing it tonight. This is the one we have. How is that peace on earth? See, here's what differentiates the world's peace from God's peace. God's peace can coexist with our pain. God's peace can coexist with our pain. It's what the book of Philippians refers to as a peace that passes all understanding. It's a peace that, that isn't dependent on our current circumstances. It's a peace that comes from putting our faith in Jesus, from transferring our hope and trust to him. This week, I received a phone call from a friend who used to go to church here, and, and they moved away. And they... I. I often get, get calls from friends who are part of our church that are no longer part of our church. And, and he said, hey, listen, I have some, some friends of mine who you don't know. They're not even from Vermont, but they're in Vermont right now at the Burlington Hospital. Would you just go visit them? They're really scared. And I said, sure, I'll, I'll pop in and, and visit with them and pray with them. And so I found what room they were in, and I went into the room, and there was this young couple in their mid-30s, three little kids. And... The previous week, the dad, the husband, had some really bad heart issues. And so they had been, spent the whole week in the hospital trying to figure it out and even talking with the doctors about a potential heart transplant in Boston and being transferred. And, and here was this young couple who was just terrified, who, who a week ago, they were hopeful that they were going to open up Christmas presents with their kids. But now... Their hope is transferred into something else. Now they just want, to, want them to be around for Christmas and for the next Christmas. And I could see that this couple needs God's peace. They, they have transferred their hope. The things they were hoping in before, that's been transferred. And now their hope and their trust is, is that, they get wet, that he gets well. And so we prayed together and we prayed for healing. We prayed for God's peace. And my thoughts are even with them even now as, as I, I share this story. And, and that's exactly what happened with the shepherds in the story we read. That, that once they heard this song, they transferred their hope to Jesus. Right? We don't know what their faith was in before this song. Maybe they were hoping to get off the night shift. Maybe they were trusting that if I just keep showing up and working hard, things will get better. Maybe they had faith that one day the Roman Empire would stop being oppressive over them so they wouldn't have to work so hard. We don't know what their hope and trust was in, but we know this, that after hearing this song, there was a transfer. There was a transfer of hope and trust that whatever it, it was that they were putting their hope and trust in before this song, it took a back seat after the song. And when we're told that they leave their shepherding duties behind for the night to go seek the one who the prophet Isaiah called the good shepherd. 
And we can only imagine what seeing Jesus was like for them. Seeing him in person, how it fueled their faith. Because you have to understand that, that the angels told them this is the Messiah, the one. And so they're seeing their Messiah laying in a manger, born into the same impoverished existence that they lived in day after day after day. Imagine how meaningful that must have been for them. To see the Messiah in a manger and saying, look, he's poor just like us. He has no place to lay his head, just like us. Isaiah, the prophet, said he'd be a shepherd, just like us. Society doesn't notice him, just like us. And here he is ready to, to walk in our shoes, to, to redeem us, to reconcile us, to restore us, to rescue us to bring peace and set things right again. He's Emmanuel. He's God with us. And that had to be an incredible moment for these shepherds. But it started with a song. And I, I can't help but wonder this morning how hearing the words of this song might fuel our own faith today on Christmas Eve. See, I believe this with all my heart, that, that whether you're religious or not, we're all people of faith. And what I mean by that is every single one of us, whether we're religious or not, we put our trust and hope in something. Maybe our hope is in a career change or a promotion. Maybe we're trusting that a move across the country will give us the new start that we need. Maybe we're believing for a relationship to, to, to bloom, to grow, to develop, to heal. All of us put our hope and trust in something. We're all people of faith. The question is, what are we putting our hope and trust in? And what if today we're in need of a faith transfer like the shepherds in our story to, to transfer our hope and, and trust to Jesus? Taking our eyes off ourselves long enough to see a glorious God and the peace that he offers. Jesus said this to his disciples in the Gospel of John chapter 14. Verse 27, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. How many of you could use a gift like that this Christmas? <laughs> How many of you could use God's peace in your life? More of God's peace in your life. Peace with your family. Peace with your coworkers, with your neighbors. Peace with your occupational decisions. Peace with your past. Peace with yourselves. Right? Peace with God. That's the peace that God wants to declare over us today and invite us into. Amen? Can I pray for us? Heavenly Father, we confess you this morning that we are a people who lack peace. We are a people who are easily self-absorbed, who do not take the time to lift our eyes and recognize your glory. So Lord, would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear, just like the shepherds? And would you give us the courage and confidence we need to transfer our hope and trust in all the things that, that could fail us into the one thing that can't, to the one person that can't? Lord, help us today in this Christmas Eve to, to see things clearly, to get the whole song right. 
God, that would not just be something we hear as a declaration, but we would respond to this invitation so that we could know your peace. Bless us as we go and, and celebrate this Christmas. God, I pray for every one of my friends that are here today that you would, would make yourself so close to them that they would feel your peace in a way that doesn't even make sense. It transcends common sense. And we ask all this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're listening to the official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at www.wellchurchvt.com.